Hello and welcome to Faking Wits, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name's Chin C and I'm back and I'm the host you want. A second who's that here with me in my home i can see you in the shadows step into the light slowly nope hands where i can see them mister okay you got me too oh it's my good friend josh sorry i'm gonna put down this knife now i was sorry i was my man's man and i'm lurking uh, what? come sit down what who's that other person who's with you step into the light slowly Hello, it's me! Oh, it's my other good friend, Harry! Sorry, I'll put the knife down again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I wish you'd let me know before you just turn up in my flat. Oh, well, sorry. we did last week, but like you didn't really. Yeah. I was well. I was quite. I was. I was planning, with us. I was planning to record this by myself today, but um, it's good to have you here. You know, it's, this will make the discussion a bit more worthwhile. If there's other people to have the discussion <laughs> with. Um, all right, I think we're ready to begin, aren't we? Um, uh, wait, hold on a second. Who's that in the shadows? I've got to get more lights for this place. Uh, step into the light, slowly. I've got a knife. <laughs> Whoa, okay, that's not comforting. Who's Aaron, that guy? Aaron, Aaron, yeah. stand in front of me, so in case this guy comes for me, he'll get you first. So you're about me. Jail. What? Oh, I don't know. I'm just your friendly neighborhood gold respecter. Gold respecter? <laughs> Respect it. Oh, okay. Do you, but do you respect gold? <laughs> do I respect gold very much? Okay. All right. What's your name, sir? I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. You can't remember. No, I was hoping you here, kids, could help me remember my name. So you just turned up in my flat, hoping that we could help you remember your name. Yes. Okay. I don't see any problem with this. What does everybody else think? I mean. Is there much gold in the middle of central London? Ooh, there's so much gold here, you wouldn't believe. Wow. Is there a gold rush on at the moment in central London? Yeah, there is. Well, I lost a lot of my work after UKTV Gold changed <laughs> to Dave. <laughs> is that the sort of gold you're after? Um, I, I do gold-related things. Oh, everything to do with gold? Yeah, I do. Like a, like a certain Bond villain, almost. No. No? <laughs> You're not familiar with gold? I'm familiar with him. I just found that offensive. <laughs> Why is that offensive? <laughs> the man loved gold too much. There's limits. What are the limits? What is your limit? That the line you will not cross as a gold prospector. I'll never paint a woman gold. Oh, that's well, just okay. wasting good gold <laughs> <laughs> on a woman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Fair enough, fair enough. What a weird, weird collection of people we have today for this book. Um, I'm glad you're here, personally. It gets a bit lonely sometimes, and, you know, I love this book. I have a very long history with this book, and I, I can't think of any better way to pass the time than talking about this book. What book is it? Uh, it's Animal Farm by George Orwell, also known as Eric Blair. Huh. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is, like, do you think George Orwell was a better name than Eric Blair? Yeah, I think the word Blair has kind of negative connotations. Such as? Uh, Lionel Blair. Oh, yeah. He's guilty of... Um, that guy. Of, yeah. War crimes. Exactly. Yeah, really yeah, bad yeah. war crimes. Think, the Blair yeah. Witch Project. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was that to do with Lionel Blair as well? Oh, that was to do with 
I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Your memory really is bad, <laughs> isn't it? Oh. What was the Blair Witch Project named after? I, th- I think it might have been named after um, Lionel Blair, but I can't be sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you want yeah. you seem like the Blair. You, you could call it the Witch Blair Project. Because you don't know which Blair it's named after. Yeah, we could do that. Seems yeah. a bit like unnecessary. Though. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. Yeah, don't need to turn this into a project, really. <laughs> okay. um, it's just an idle conversation. Oh, okay, um, fair enough. So we 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 agree that um, Eric Blair's not a very good name. George Orwell, strong name, strong, very strong. strong. Name. But I mean, why did he change his name? I mean, it's not like George Eliot. Um, she was a woman. Yeah. But obviously, in a patriarch society, yeah. uh, she would have got more credence as a man. Mm-hmm. Why did Eric Arthur Blair change his name to George Orwell? I think George Orwell just seems more cool. It's regal. Yeah. Eric is not the coolest name, I have to say. Eric is just like... I, I hear the word Eric. Eric and, B. Yeah. And Rakim. Yeah, Eric B and Rakim, exactly. But he's only cool because he's got the B. Right? Oh, Eric B doesn't oh, have a Wikipedia page. It's true. It's Eric B, Eric Blair. Is that oh, the same person? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. So, was George Orwell secretly... Maybe that's why he changed his name. He didn't want to be confused and think like, oh, this is a political allegory rip, written by a rapper. I don't need to listen to a rapper and what he has to say about the style and his purges. And he thought, I don't want people judging me on my rap career. Um, I'm going to be a political satirist called George Orwell. Oh. Well, the times don't quite add up, I think. It's a good theory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... We'll, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that and see like, um, if we can connect the two. I, I think there's something there, but we're not sure yet. I'm sure it will come out during a discussion of this book. Um, look, what can be said about Animal Farm um, that hasn't been said already? It's, it's a book that is on the curriculum um, and has been used as a... Uh, well, I think when people talk about Orwellian, they talk about 1984. But also, they're referring to Animal Farm, which is a political allegory um, about the Stalinist, about Stalinist Russia and about totalitarianism. Uh, I guess the first question I want to, to ask is, um, do you think it holds up still? Most certainly. Okay. What makes you say that? Um, just the fact that it's still in the curriculum, I think, is proof enough. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that it still has a message, though. Well... Do you know what else is on the, in the curriculum? Yeah. The Bible. What does that have to say about our times today? The Bible's not on the English literature curriculum, though. Mm. Nah, you got told! <laughs> depends on what school you go to, but yes, it's not on the official curriculum. But if you if you go to the secret curriculum, like when you slip the teacher an extra 20 and give you like, oh, I'll give you the secret special give curriculum. Give you the proper education. And it's literally the Bible. It's just the Bible. That would not be worth it. <laughs> it's true. I, my parents felt a bit conned when my dad came to school and said like, hey, make sure the boy gets an extra learning. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. T, the Bible. <laughs> The teacher was Mr. Talk. T from the Army <laughs> team. Yeah, a bit of a, well, that's my surname, a bit of a uh, conflict of interest. There. So your teacher, was your dad, your dad gave himself 20 pounds? <laughs> no, no, no. The teacher it was homeschool. <laughs> the teacher was me. <laughs> the Wait, you were your own teacher? Yeah, it was me. My, my dad called me Mr. T as well. <laughs> it was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. We, I, I put on a, a mortarboard and said, oh, yes, I'm Shin's teacher, Mr. T. Oh, look a lot and sound a lot like my son. But anyway, Mr. T, make sure my son gets some extra learning, <laughs> slips the 50 in my pocket. And you bought yourself a Bible. A Bible. <laughs> a Bible. So when, when people called your dad Mr. T, you said, don't call me that, that's my son's name. <laughs> Mr. T is my son's teacher's name. <laughs> call me Mr. T. Who is my son, who is self-homeschooled. 
Um, but we don't have to get into the convoluted <laughs> beginnings of my education. Um, I, I feel uh, this is a book, just because it's on the curriculum doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, particularly relevant to our political climate. It gives some good Oh, well, you want to know if it's relevant to the political climate? Okay, yes, That's okay. another question. I am, I am trying to narrow down. I, I, I see now that my initial question was a bit broad. I want to talk yeah. about the politics of this. Uh, well, um, you know, I mean, we live in surveillance Britain with Tory cuts. Like, Tory cuts are really, really going over a real the top. Problem. They're, they're a real going, problem. there's so many of them and you can't keep track. And I think, like, that's really what, like, Orwell was like, Tories trying to make it over too much, but then they don't pull it back enough. And then it's all, then the Labour comes in and then Jeremy Corbyn hates the Jews. And then it's all about really how Corbyn is the best. Even though he quite a lot. Doesn't that make sense? Um, no, no. Mister Prospector, what did you think that um, uh, Josh was saying? Then um, it seems like you have a handle. No, no, but I, but I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> what is? I, what was the point I was making? <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Okay. All right. So uh, not, I can't remember what point I was making. I was asking a question rather than a point. Yeah, I don't think he was making a but point. But I agree yeah. with the question. Okay. That, I agree with the question too. So we've, we've got a detente here. I mean, what does everybody else think though? Do you think this is relevant um, to, to these really, really crazy times that we're living through right now? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, completely. Mm. Okay, right. You think it's relevant. Mm. Mr. Prospector, Aaron? Yeah, I don't... No, Carol. Is your name Mr. Prospector now? No, I don't know. No, I don't know oh, what my okay. name is. I'm just calling him Mr. Prospector for the ease of reference. Because he can't be bothered to think about real names. <laughs> well, I, I can't just think a name up for you. In, in, in the way I have, though. But, like, uh, I can't refer to you as you there. I need to refer to you some, as some d- definite article. So, Mr. Prospector and Harren. Right? But Mr. Prospector could be his teacher. <laughs> or his dad. I told you, he was. It's my mentor. <laughs> Did you say that? Mr. Prospect is my son's teacher's name, who's also my son. Tell me everything I know about gold. Okay. Uh, that's, so there is a Mr. Prospector. Well, yes. And he was your teacher and mentor. Yes. And he taught you everything that you know. About gold. Maybe you should call him up and find out if he knows. Oh, gold. he's dead. He's been dead for 25 <sighs> years. I thought there was an elegant solution to this. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. We'll definitely nail it down. But in the meantime, do you have any objections to me calling you Mr. Prospector? Not, I suppose not. It's a homage, a homage to your, uh, <laughs> uh, your, your beloved teacher, I guess. Oh, it's a great one. Tribute, a tribute. Um, yeah, you were going to say something then. Uh, oh, I think it's an important... The government's trying to take away all the gold. And this tells you much about that. The government, the big fat pigs... Sorry, they wanna, Yeah, they want to fill their trough with gold. Mm, Sorry, okay. So they don't worry about the, the, the middleman. Okay, so let me walk me through this analogy then. So back then, Animal Farm, we know it's a story of a bunch of animals who live on a farm that was called Manor Farm. The f- animals have a revolution, overthrow the farmer, the far- and change the name to Animal Farm. Yeah. They're still running the, uh, the farm, but now all the animals are working for themselves. The pigs run everything. Uh, and then the uh, other farm animals fulfill their purpose within like actual different hierarchies of work. But the idea is that all animals are created equal is the uh, basic premise. But as the uh, structures become more solidified, you see the pigs taking power and infighting um, means that one pig, Napoleon, uh, who I believe is a reference to another uh, leader called Napoleon, uh, he takes over and starts handing out a totalitarian regime. And in the end, we come back to the beginning where the pigs 
are doing deals with the humans again. And we end with that scene of the pigs' faces changing for men and the men's face changing to pigs. And you couldn't tell the difference between either of them. Why did the men change the pigs? I think they were were pigs. Super, supernatural element. The moon came out and the men turned into pigs and the pigs turned into men. And they said, swapsies, everybody. Yeah, I, think, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that like ultimately the revolution was for naught because um, the revolution itself became betrayed by those who tried to steer it to the, into their own advantage. So that's a, an allegory effectively for Star, the Stalinist um, regime in uh, the Soviet Union. Do you think that still applies today? Well, the Soviet Union no longer exists. I don't think there's any country these days which I would argue is a truly communist or socialist system that oh, exists. Belarus. Is that truly? Is that? I don't think it's. I, I don't think it is because, like, when I go there, you got yeah. to you got to slip them a fifty pound note and say, "No, give me the real communism. <laughs> give me the true <laughs> communism." And say, "Yes, right this way." What so, do they give you? Yeah, what do they Bible. <laughs> Bible. Surely that's against communism to give them fifty pounds. Oh no, that that's what you think. That's the real communism. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the real, yeah, communism. the real communism. Yeah. Um. Okay, but yeah. So obviously, this is about like I'm Stalinist Russia, and but but is it? I guess what I'm trying to say is Animal Farm still universal to this day. There was a um an essay I was reading where Orwell apparently wrote a polemical essay against censorship that he wanted to preface the book with, but he held it back in the end. And some say he did this because he thought that the uh, preface against censorship would narrow the interpretation of the of the book. Mm. And do you think that's true? Do you think if he if if he read Animal Farm and then there was this whole bit by George Orwell saying like censorship's bad and we 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 got to rail against the people who try to like 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 try to stifle our opinions. Anyway, here's a story about some animals overthrowing a farm. Nice. Would you have thought like hmm, well, I'm only going to interpret it in a way that is in line with an anti-censorship essay? Or would you see other applications to the story of a bunch of animals turning into humans and humans turning into pigs, animals? It's a cycle of life. Like the Lion King. Well, it's, it, it's a lot of things, isn't it? I think that what Orwell draws upon is cycles and the way that we come, there's an ebb and flow to the way that societies develop and exist. So now in nowadays climate, you might say that there are two extremes and now we've sort of shifted in, a, in the way our systems are made over to the right and now we're sort of having a groundswell on the left. Interesting, interesting. So what you're saying is that the, the people who are the pigs now yeah. are essentially the right wing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. This is a radical interpretation, and it and it it changes. We they they swap. They're going to be swapping at some point. So now, you know, when are they going to be swapping? You're the man they, of all the answers. They swap on uh, the third time. The third, third time. time. The th- is it like a case of like the the right wing? They're the pigs, and then when the time is right, the third time, then they pass the baton onto the left wing. Like they pass. A, <laughs> The pig baton, as it's your turn to be the pigs. Yes. And the left wings are like, fair enough. Um, that yep. was the third time, and now we're the pigs. Mm. And so they will become the ones that are in power yeah. until the next time. And which thinks they just pass the pig baton back. So it's just yep. back and forth each yeah. time. And the baton, obviously, it gets like smelly. Well, obviously, it's being handled by pigs. Right? <laughs> they don't have any hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use their anuses. <laughs> 
I, I mean, like, I, I'd be. Do they? I thought you were going to use that they talking about their ideas, so I don't know. But yeah, that's the thing is, I, I like how your first, your, your first, when you thought of a pig handling a, a, an object, wasn't to think, okay, if, obviously they're not using their, their hooves. No, trotters. 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 The hooves, yeah, no, they're, they're pig trotters, trotters exactly, They're yes. trotters, but then they're not, neither are they using their mouth. <laughs> Instead, they're inserting the baton <laughs> into one of their anuses, and then... Passing it via anus to another. <laughs> Especially since, like, to actually get it into one of the pig's anuses, one of them would have to pick it up with their mouth in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, so, they put it in a hole in the wall. Don't <laughs> they get it in the hole in the wall, though? It's really hard to pick something up with your anus. I, I would imagine that the pig would have picked it up with his mouth, put it in a hole in the wall, and then yeah, the other pig what? would have just inserted it into its anus. There's one, one time they had to use a... Their whole, their mouth. The one time, the one time. It's all anus. Yeah, and it's like, well, none of us can ever touch this with our mouths ever again because it's just been up someone's yeah, bum. Yeah, so. their bums. So, but I also like the way that the uh, apparently the human, uh, the humans who are not pigs, just willingly accepts this baton that's been passed to them by a pig by its anus. Well, they play their own Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They just like it. So what you've described essentially is kind of like the last scene of Requiem for a Dream between a pig and a person. Yeah, look from the pig to man, the man to pig, and they were both shoving a baton up their anuses. And this is essentially what George Orwell thought he was, what basically was describing in the, the last scene of this book as well, where the pigs turned from, the faces turned from man to human and human to man, and they passed the baton with their bums. Yeah. At the end. The end. Yeah, <laughs> he broke the words the end as well. Like, a bit unnecessary. I get it. I get it. Uh, so that's a very, very broad way of interpreting the book. And it seems very universal now that with the pig anuses, the pig anuses, Bro- too broad, and the pig baton. I mean, sure, that's definitely a way that um, that story can be applied to multiple political regimes throughout the world and throughout history. Well, then, that's why it's so relevant. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I I think that's like um, there are certain characters as well. We can see their their archetypes or things like that. Who can forget the character of Boxer, the horse? Mm, who can? Uh, the guy whose his catchphrase was "I must work harder." That's what he did, and 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 he represents the proletariat, the 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 honest worker, the idealized perfect. The worker. Trump voter. I don't know if he's a Trump voter. He could possibly be a Trump voter because uh, he's like just saying "I yeah. must work harder." Yeah. And he works like a horse. He's, he's a horse. And he's literally a horse. But All when... horse is a right wing. Are they? I didn't know that. I they are know the most right wing animal. Why are they the most right wing They all live in the countryside. They live in the countryside. It's <laughs> true. And they're all owned by rich people. Are right wing people owned by rich people? No, the horses are. Okay, but that's not a characteristic of being right wing, right? If you're owned by a rich person, it doesn't automatically. If you're the it. child of the, of the right wing, you're most likely to. You're more likely to be right wing. That's true. I agree with the. Are you gold. If you're a child, though, are you really owned by a rich person? Yeah. <laughs> is that what childhood is? Being owned by rich people. Well, sort of. It's all bad and bad. Okay, you've backed Don't take up. That word so literally. <laughs> you've backed away from the point a little bit, I feel. But um, I, I, I want to, I want to zero in this point that you think that Boxer is a right-wing archetype when it's clearly a left-wing archetype he embodies. Mm. When I talk about the proletariat, that's basically Boxer in a nutshell, isn't it? Mm. Uh, he is the working man, and he believes in the struggle uh, and the cause. He is a classic comrade, right there. 
Um, but the um, idea in Animal Farm is that Boxer, when he fulfills his usefulness, he's sent to Knacker's yard. Mm. Uh, and um, I think there's a lesson to be heard, uh, learned in that, which is like, don't follow a revolution so blindly. Otherwise, because it's just going to use you up and turn you into glue in the yeah. end. Uh, so I think what you, you say, don't work hard. Is that your is that your philosophy in life? Don't work hard. Don't work hard. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll get sent to the knackers. You will also get sent to the knackers. I mean, one of the reason why one of the reasons why boxer gets sent to the knackers is because he genu- he he literally knackers himself out. Mm. You know, he's full of glue. He's full. Of, well, <laughs> yeah. Technically, all horses are full of glue. You can't you can't deny that. <laughs> to the brim. <laughs> the brim. Full of glue. Whenever he coughed, glue like, exactly. Exactly. Well, I was getting stuck. That's things. a great thing about horses. You can have a ride in them. But I'm also thinking that like I'm well, one of these days. This horse I'm riding right now going to make some really good glue mm. and, uh, and, and and tasty tasty glue. And and that's what you want really from like um from your workers like uh you want the ability for them to give you big piggyback rides mm-hmm. and then provide you with all the glue you can possibly want for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, surely you get a better piggyback ride from a pig. Maybe, in which case, but they're not. You wouldn't because they're the ruling class in this scenario, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so the, no, you wouldn't get a piggyback. And they got short legs. Okay. Yeah. They can't walk at all. They, they can't walk at all. But in fact, a piggyback you, ride. Maybe you can, really you can get in their anus and they can carry you that way. <laughs> what? You can, how how would you do that? Would you what, insert a, your foot <laughs> you in there? Put a chair, in in put a, chair in a pig's anus. <laughs> Only if you're a tiny goblin. <laughs> Wait, why would you put a chair? How would, how would that like, facilitate the piggyback ride? You design like a. You, you put it on the back of the chair, the backrest. Ah, and then I you'd see. support. Then there'd be yeah. a, a little. I don't think handle. a pig's anus is enough security. <laughs> They're not like that type. You're calling me fat? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying. I mean, you sound like the expert, and you're the one who like basically brought up the fact that the baton was put past using the pig's anus, um, and now you're saying like, yeah, but there are rules to this. You can't just put anything. How, in there. how familiar are you with livestock? Uh, Sounds very familiar if you want to ask Well, I, I, I've read this book. I, I think I'm... Well, when I'm in my gold-prospecting farm... That's right. Oh, we've got you are a gold-prospecting gold-prospecting yeah. farm. Yeah. We did use donkeys to carry the carts. Why are they carrying the carts? Aren't they meant to be pulling the carts? <laughs> well, you know, if you put a wheel on the cart, it's a lot less work. No, they, they, they It's can- a wheel! <laughs> I think I see what the confusion is here. They are carrying the carts, uh, but in the same way the pigs are carrying the battles. <laughs> no, it's on their backs. It's, oh, really? Because I, th- I would have thought you just put each nugget in, <laughs> in the anus and you just well, have to get carry through customs. <laughs> <laughs> smuggle gold. Where is your Where is your gold catching farm? Bolivia. <laughs> Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Bolivian customs are, are notoriously loose. Yeah, I think. yeah they are. Like, like my anus. <laughs> <laughs> We bring in a lot of gold into the country. Some of it goes into the horses, some of it goes into me. Is there some sort of aversion you have to using your hands for anything? Like, these are the things that you use to carry most things. You don't have to immediately go, like, "Mm, go to the anus, like, immediately carry it. Uh, That's really. I think there's something else going on here. Like,. You're going out of your way to use your hands for some reason, and you're just using like a part of your body which is should never be used to carry anything. If, in my mm. honest opinion, 
Um, <laughs> I can understand the pigs doing it because it's highly metaphorical and allegorical, the passing of the big pig baton. But now you're just using an allegorical device for practical uses in everyday life. And like, I don't think that's no, what you're doing. Opinion. And opinions are like assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got some, and some's a loser and full of gold. What's <laughs> yours? It's just full of shit. <laughs> Fair, fair. I, I mean, like one of the reasons why I don't use my it to carry things because it's usually full of shit. It's just like it's too much shit there. I, I can't be expected to carry gold and shit down no. there. It's just like awful, awful. I would like to move past this now. Bring up to the next point that I'm going to make, which is uh, all world's intentions with Animal Farm. Uh, this is a quote that I want you to read to you. It comes from his essay um, Inside the Whale, which he wrote just before the outbreak of. Uh, Oh, the whales! <laughs> how, how do you get inside the whale? Yeah. It's the first factor. Oh, whales are just with a lot of gold. They're very good for smuggling. Look, now, now that I will definitely <laughs> say yes, I agree wholeheartedly. It's like the size of the anus is something that's very, very important if you're going to carry stuff in it. If anything, you should be using whales, not pigs, or your own. We do use like, whales sometimes. Okay, all right, all right. Fair enough. This is uh, information I could have used earlier. But yes, okay, fair enough. Whales' anuses are big and capacious. Um, no, he was not inside the whale's anus when he wrote this essay. It's a metaphor. Again, metaphors and allegories, probably best not to apply them directly to life. Okay. But, um, so he's inside the whale writing this essay. This is about uh, writing about literature and the functions of literature in the world that's about to go to war. Um, he's been fighting in like a, uh, against fascists in Spain and now it seems that like, we're actually going to go to war and fight the Nazis. So he writes in this essay, the literature of liberalism is coming to an end and the literature of totalitarianism has not yet appeared and is barely imaginable. As for the writer, he is sitting on a melting iceberg. He is merely an anachronism a hangover from the bourgeois age, as he is, uh, uh, and he is as doomed as the hippopotamus. Now, like, I, I don't know how what what you take that to mean. It seems like a very despairing viewpoint of like what the function of art and literature are uh, in a world which is about to go basically into into the jaws of hell with uh, with World War Two, um, and I feel that like I'm. Uh, George Orwell is kind of responding to what Sartre said when he uh, wrote about uh, uh, what is literature, when he basically stated after the Second World War, all art and all literature effectively has to rebuild itself. And we have to start from scratch because they failed us. If art and literature couldn't prevent World War Two and, and the Holocaust and all these hor horrible things, what function does it serve? Think about it. Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Think um, about it. Think about it. That's just what the cat would have said from classic, Animal Farm. Classic. Was there a cat in Animal Farm? Yeah, it was a cat. Was Christian the cat. And he didn't Christian. do any work, did he? He didn't do any bloody work. He did no work yeah. and he wouldn't pay taxes. I mean, Harold, like, you, you have some like um, strong like words to say about not working and like you, you are a bit sort of like Doubtful. I could see the doubt in your in your eyes when I yeah. said like, "Oh, you so you yeah, believe that, blood that, dripping from your eyes?" That's very <laughs> doubtful. Very doubtful. But like you, you were saying like, so you believe that you shouldn't work hard. So in your opinion, is the cat the real villain of the piece? The real villain. He's the hero because he doesn't work. So you don't think that anybody yeah. should work? No, I think uh, that's, that's what you said. Yeah. The lead into the question. <laughs> no, I thought he said that he looked doubtful when I said like, um, I, I wouldn't work hard, and he said, like, "Yeah, oh, you wouldn't work hard." But like, you don't believe in like that. The well, working under, class should be the unworking class. Under communism, if you all get the same outcome and income kind of thing, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, it disincentivizes work. So I think that's why everything should be under a free market. 
Okay. <laughs> Free market. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So nobody should work, but we should all be paid anyway. Yeah. A universal basic income. Yeah. Okay. UBI. I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that a lot. Big, big, big proponent of that. But uh, if that's the case, then how would you know you're better than someone? Yeah. That's true. Mm. Yeah. You would um, have a competition to to put things up your anus. Wait, why? What would that prove? What would that prove? <laughs> what would that prove other than you have a more capacious anus? Yeah, so in his society, the most capacious anus is <laughs> exactly. the... Yeah. This is your society. Yeah. So like the Sunday Times anus list. The Sunday Times, yes. The Sunday Times. The Sunday Times. But, okay, so I that's... Really the, like yeah. your wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. That's... Oh, how? Work yeah. to the <laughs> But, okay, okay. So that's the measure of success in this new, brave new world. Yeah. Capacious anuses. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to necessarily stuff stuff up there. You can um, you can just do a poo, and the, the, because the anus is big, it'll be wider, but also lo- but also longer because it takes more time for a, the sphincter to, to contract. Okay, this so, makes complete sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so the bigger the poo, the better the person. Essentially, the longest, biggest poos. So, do you want to see my poo? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you see, he, he, talks, you, a, he yeah. talks a talk, but he doesn't walk the yeah, but, walk. I mean, it was, it's all right. But why do you look at my poo too, huh? Yeah, in your face, in your face. Look at it. Talks look at it. Shit. Look at it. It's pretty big, isn't it? It's pretty big. It's pretty big, but it's not. I mean, you would be like kind of sort of pariah in my kind of. Why don't you rate us now and just where we would be in the hierarchy? I'd be the pariah. So why is your yeah. poo like a string? <laughs> yeah, you got a very. It's like silly string. It's not about the girth, it's about the overall size. If I just mush it all this straight. Oh, he no. said it very much, it was about the girth. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was. It was. It, it, it's now that I've mushed it together, look at how much there no, is. No, you don't get to do that. Look, I've made this. This is a gross part of the podcast. I much as if I were talking about stuffing things up, he's not taking them out. No, I think this is important. This is important. <laughs> this, well, this is really, I think, what all was getting at, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's about time that we stopped not thinking about this knot, and then when we do, we can get there. It's very true. I just want to read you a quote, actually. <laughs> what do you mean, that's very true? That meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> I just want to read a quote to you, though. I think I'm sorry you don't understand what It's true. You just didn't get it. You, you, maybe put on some glasses and you might understand. You might hear him better. Yeah. Um, this is a quote I want to read you uh, from Orwell, which is, I think is very appropriate. Um, it's talking about the uh, way that uh, he's melded political allegory to a uh, work of fiction. Animal Farm was the first book in which I tried, with full consciousness of what I was doing, to fuse political purpose and artistic um, intent into one whole. And I think we all know what that whole was. Um, do you think? Like, do you think this is a perfect fusion of those two elements? Well, I I, I do, but I'm gonna let someone else say why I do. Oh, you, what a tease! What a tease! Anybody else? Anybody else? Do you think? Do you believe that the the themes of political uh, allegory and a sort of like um this it's called a fairy story, isn't it? He calls mm. it Animal Farm a fairy story. So there's an element of like homophobia. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think there's anything like that in the book. I think fairies as in like a fairy tale. As in a homophobic No, as in sort of like Cinderella and Snow White. and, and yeah, uh, What do you think is the gayest fairy tale? <laughs> I don't want to go does the gay, there. Does the gay community, are they accepted in any fairy tales? Well, I don't know about that. We've never... Seven doors. But what's the link? Well, why be? Yeah, what's the link? I'm just that? wandering. Occasionally, <laughs> yes. I wander. Okay, okay. But that, I don't think that's a, a particularly profitable into this question I want to ask the room, which is like whether you believe the political. Is this a book that allows the political elements to overwhelm its story, or vice versa? That's got nothing to do with like, and the whole fairy tale a- 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 
atmosphere of the book. It could almost be a children's book, I think. Uh, it's deceptively simple in what in the story that it's telling, but even a kid could come away from reading Animal Farm thinking, ooh, isn't society unfair? Um, the ideals of the revolution have been sold out by the pigs. Like, that's what I got. And it looks so promising. It. Yeah. I, I, well, that's what I felt when I read it at the age of six. Uh, so, because I'm very smart. Um, I totally picked up on all that sort of stuff in the context and the cultural times mm. of Animal Farm. But I'm not saying that everybody gets it. You might have found that perhaps Orwell's political message it kind of drowns out any sort of story characterization. Or maybe you think that by having his characters be animals, he's kind of sentimentalizing it. It's kind of like a Disney film, you know? Mm. At one point, they even sing a song. There's a bunch of animals in the farm mm. singing the song Beasts of England. Mm. One, two, three, four. Beasts of England <laughs> coming at you. Gonna get on to you. Beasts of England coming at you. See, that's that's something that I I, I, I I couldn't get down with. I couldn't get down with the Beast of England song, right? Mm. Um, I mean, Beast of England, <laughs> coming for you. Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, I love this music making. I reckon we. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say parrots because I believe we could do. We could do a better song. The cat is on the wall over there. He's got a boat at on. I think we can. I think we can. Beast of England. I love that song. It's so good. But I think. Who's that song by? Oh, Eric B and Ricky. <laughs> Eric B and Ricky. Oh, my good friend, Eric B. Good friend. And my bad enemy, Rakeem. Is he an enemy? Oh, he's one of my greatest beefs. Why? I don't know. I don't remember. He's a Muslim name. You can't, just, you can't just dangle like, this is something that happened, but I don't know why. I'm just going to dangle it out there. It was a dispute over lyrics. Oh. What were the lyrics? I can't remember. <laughs> no, it was oh, he, he claims that he invented the modern style of New York rapping. And I claim that I invented it. <laughs> you rap? Oh, I think so. I do the green rap. What's the green rap? And gold rules everything around me. Gold, get the gold, shiny, shiny gold. <laughs> it's not really lyrics, but... <laughs> li- li- okay, well, can we hear some of that? Yeah. Wait, 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 so. wait. Hold on a second. Like, you can't, you can't, you got to do this properly. you got to do it with a beat, right? So, like, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me, let me so give that beat. Do you want me to find the instrumental? Let me, let me, let me do something. I don't like that beat. Let me see if I can find a proper one. How about this? I'll give you some, like, uh, I'll give you some musical accompaniment as well. Can I do the Rihanna bit? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, I'm jumping in! <laughs> Go! He's coming in! Gold rules have been around me! Go green, get the gold! Shiny gold! Gold rules have been around me! Green, get the gold! Shiny, shiny gold! The New York gold side, stand a 
gold. Oh, gold! There we go. That's my rap. <laughs> so how over the end of this well? There we go. That's my rap. That's what I used and to say. That's how you know when the song yeah. is over. I, you got skills. You got bare skills. Maybe like um um that should be your name. Bear Bear skills. skills. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I think his name should be N word. <laughs> Just not, I don't mean the actual word, but E N word. Shame on it. When you go to like French, it'll be like on word. You know, in, in the spirit of like the political uh, wokeness of Animal Farm, we should put it to a vote. What do you think? Should it be Bear Scales or N word? I don't think either of those. I'm not trying to give myself a new name. I'm trying to work out what my name was. You might have to though, because at this point, sure. I don't think anybody's going to remember it. I mean, it might have been lost the time. You just have to accept these sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, well, yeah. I think your name's Society. It could be. Well, let's try and dip back into the book. I was trying to make a point about like um, political, uh, the political uh, overwhelming the artistic, or vice versa, or maybe it's a perfect fusion of the two. He achieved what he wanted to do by um, making uh, by packaging a charming story about animals uh, into a political allegory for uh, anti-totalitarianism. Um, is this a book that is kind of for centrist dads? Mm. Right? A lot of the stories um, in Animal Farm um, kind of rails against this socialist revolution, or at least it appears to. Like, the, the story tells about like a, a well-intentioned revolution which is ultimately betrayed by the ideals of the, the ruling class. Um, and this is clearly a dig at Soviet Russia. Um, oh, for sure. Um, so is this a book, and it's been used, I, f- I find, uh, by many people, as a cudgel against like communism and socialism. People always talk about animal farms. Like, oh, don't do communism because you'll end up like animal farm. Mm. They always say this. Just mm. like just full of like animals like singing Beasts of England mm. and generally like Beasts of England Oh that song again. Oh I love that song. Um, it went to the point yeah. where this when they in the fifties they were gonna make a animated film adaptation of Animal Farm and the CIA got involved the CIA thought this would be a useful propaganda tool to actually talk about like yeah we're going to make the uh, references to Stalinist uh, uh, Soviet Union more apparent and just really stick it to them commies mm-hmm. um, and to the point they actually like changed the ending of um, the movie to give it a happy ending where the animals revolt again and overthrow mm-hmm. the uh, pigs and mm-hmm. humans so do you think this is a like this? Is this a case of a work being misinterpreted to uh, attack the very thing which all really su- supported? He didn't support Stalinism, um, but he did. He was a committed left winger and socialist his whole life. He was a democratic socialist. Yeah, well, I, I believe so. Although he did believe in revolution as well. I mean, this mm. is a man who fought against fascists. He just liked Prince. <laughs> he liked Prince and the revolution. Well, that's a new power revolution, but yes, yeah, yeah, that was something different. Sorry, it's pedant corner. But no, like, what, what, do you, what do you think? Do, uh, do we do we think this is a book that advocates revolution? Do you think it is anti-communist? Is it socialist? What is? Where does it stand the political uh, uh, spectrum? And why do you think so many like centrist dads like advocate uh, its message of like, why dads? The centrist dads. It's a it's a it's a term because like it's that sort of patronising sort of idea of like oh don't go too far left, don't go too far right. Stay in the middle with me, your dad. But my dad's a maniac. My dad is like the most right wing man I've ever met. Right, right. He's right. so right wing. He's so right wing. He loves all the Tory cuts. He's, He's always like he wants the Tories to cut 
everything. I think maybe your dad's not so much a, a new wave centrist dad then as a classic old school right wing dad. He's he's a he's so right wing. Yeah, I what's mean, like a thing right wing people do? Oh, uh, buy the Daily Mail. He does that. He, he buys five copies of the Daily Mail. Five daily. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> so he's like. He, he gets to the end of the week and he's had like 35 newspapers. Wow. He's and he's only read like newspapers. 12 of them. He's single-handedly propping up the entire print industry. He's actually. only read 12 of them? Yeah. So he reads some of them twice? Yeah, he does. <laughs> okay. He's very right-wing. I, I mean, I, 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 I'll put it to you that your dad, um, as a right-wing dad, would read a book like Animal Farm and still think to himself, like, yeah, agree with the message, but interpret it to mean like, well, he's clear, it's clearly against the commies and the, yeah. the, the, the loony left. Trying to stage their revolution. He always talks about the loony left. Obviously, obviously. That's the loony tunes left. The loony mm. tunes left, exactly. Uh, with Gaddafi Duck and... Uh, um, uh, uh, Christian the Cat. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, no, but... Uh, do you... Donald Trump Duck. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to walk very far for that one, yeah. Didn't have to walk, walk far for that one. But, yeah. The point I'm making is that this is a book that has basically been interpreted uh, in a myriad, myriad fashion. Do you think it's an interpretation that uh, George Orwell would have endorsed, agreed with? What do you think? I think he's saying the capitalism is bad too. Because the original farm, that wasn't great. What's bad mm. about the revolution is it becomes like it was before. Mm. But isn't the word revolution in itself indicative of the fact that it goes around in a circle? It's about not betraying mm. the revolution. I said that. Can I get credit for that? <laughs> You can get credit. Josh said that. You can get gold. I'm the first credit. person who thought of that. True. None of you said it. It's and then I been, said it. And then... It's all about it's it's all been about the circles today. It's been about revolutions, cycles, and anuses. It's all mm. circular f- forms. Um I only found out about wheels today. Yes, exactly. You know, it's some, there's definitely a theme today. Um uh, so you you believe that it's the the revolution itself is not inherently bad thing. It's the betrayal of the ideals of the revolution. Yeah, like when my gold mine revolted against our gold mine overlords, we kept true to the revolution, and it was all great. I would have thought, as a sort of like grizzled prospector, like yourself, was an independent contractor who would yeah, not. Yeah, didn't work you say you had a gold farm? Yeah, I've got like gold mine, gold farms, all the same thing. <laughs> okay, I'll take. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm not an expert on these sorts of things, but I thought you were like um. I would have. Pegged you almost as a libertarian. Well, I was when I was a young man. Okay. Going around the old, old west, green, get the gold, shiny, shiny gold. It was a great time. <laughs> yeah. But you get too old. You get too old to be sifting for gold. So at some point you just have to outsource it? Is that what Well, you're sometimes saying? you have to go to a giant farm and shove gold up anuses. <laughs> so who's, who's working at a farm? It's me, old man McMurvis. Old man McMurvis. <laughs> oh, he's there. There's Clive Dunsdale. Clive Dunsdale, the there's, gold prospector. There's our outsourcing barrel consultants. Outsource. Outsourcing oh, barrel okay, consultants. Okay, okay. Darwin McGonagall <laughs> and the other one. Oh, we know those. We <laughs> steelbacks. We steelbacks. You remember their names. You remember yeah, them. Yeah, they help us transport the gold I, I would keep an eye on those two. I don't trust I those would. two at all. How are they doing? Are they... I mean, I think I think we met them. I think they kind of like completed their life's work after um, Donkey Kong. Yeah, they've been in a depression for some time. I mean, how oh, do you no. sort of like break out of that when you have dedicated your whole life to like fighting Donkey Making Kong? Making petrol barrels. Yeah, yeah. Donkey uh, Kong. Well, Donkey, 
the petrol barrels thing was a cover for their main mission, which was bringing down Donkey Kong. Yeah, but they still gained a lot of expertise in petrol barrels, which is probably yeah, which why, why we use them for their barrels. Guess I, well, I'm just glad to hear they're making something of themselves past, after completing their life's work. Do they work full-time with you? Oh, it's more like a part-time thing. Yeah. Is it a apartheid theme? Apartheid theme? No, no, no. Okay, okay. We got loads. We got all the different colours working together. Okay, all right. <laughs> bit defensive Jackie there. Jackie Chan, he works with us. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is in the gold form. In the gold man. Is he? Do you get him to... Winnie Mandela? Do you get... Do you get Winnie Mandela and Jackie Chan to put the nuggets on? No, no, they oh, okay, just okay, pick yeah. up gold. With their hands. With their hands. Okay, all right. Shove it up other people's hands. So I'm, I'm having trouble understanding what shape is this? Is it like, is this underground or is it? It's underground and overground. It's under. Gold man in a way. <laughs> so is is the gold growing up out of the earth? Yeah. But are they pushing the gold up from below ground? Well, there's people underground push the gold up. <laughs> Up, yeah. up where? No. <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we all know people there. squat on the ground. That's why you got Jackie Chan, because Chinese people squat quite a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it's called whoa. the Asian squat. It's good for you. I, 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 yeah, but you don't get to say that. I get I'm Asian as well. That. What do you, you don't get to say that. They squat on the ground like a chicken laying an egg. Yeah, and people. <laughs> but in reverse. In reverse. A chicken laying an egg in reverse. Because previously, with. Get the gold from the ground and put it in our container Jackie and then Ch- shove it up anuses. Jackie Chan on the ground going, Who am I? And throwing the uh, nuggets yeah. up through the ground. And you're up there squatting over I'm the I'm up spot. there squatting over the ground. Much more efficient. Wow. Uh, how much poppers do you go through? Do you have to... We go through about 12 a day. <laughs> That's actually not bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quite, like, yeah. not too bad, like, considering you'll be working day in, day night. And, <laughs> day in. And having a half every these time. These days they... I don't have to. I oversee things these days. Well, I'd imagine over time the uh, the need for poppers would probably yeah, they just goes away. I okay, so that's not really answered my question about centrist dads or like the universality of. <laughs> well, like, it was distracting because you used my dad and my dad's like a maniac. I know, but mm-hmm. I was. I, I mean, you were the one who sort of hijacked the uh, the conversation. Mm. I'm assuming everybody what? here has a dad as well. Like you didn't give anybody else to about their dads. Dad. Like, you, you, maybe if you did, you might be able to get your name back. That's true. Right, maybe I, I don't. Maybe so. you don't, yeah. Is there, do you not even have, like, an, like, a sort of blurry memory that you might be able to share that we could Google? I got a memory of blur. <laughs> so blur. <laughs> I don't think blur's my dad. What, Damon Alban? Damon Alban. Okay. You look a bit like Damon Alban, actually. Oh, thanks very much. All right, all right, all right. All right that's not answered my question. Aaron, well, you... What was the question? Sorry. The question was... Yeah, um, yeah. come on! Yeah. Is this a book for centrist dads? Is your dad... Yes, centrist? it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think um, oh, okay. Eric, Eric Blair, he um, he liked his grandson, Tony Blair, and the third way. And I think this, this book is all about the third way. For instance, he says, uh, two legs, good, four legs, bad, three legs the best and legs are, are ways <laughs> that's, that's, that, that was good that was good I like that it was a very like enlightening conversation I guess intense I'm, completely I, I, I want to leave the conversation as we like get out of here going over time but I just want to leave you with this last quote from Orwell where he states I meant the moral to be that revolutions only reflect a radical improvement when the masses are alert and know how to check out their le- chuck out their leaders as soon as the latter have done their job. And this was a letter he wrote to the American critic Dwight MacDonald, who said that the book could only be read as an allegory of the Russian Revolution. Now, 
clearly Orwell was trying to make a bigger statement than just saying, ooh, Stalin isn't bad. He is basically saying that, like, a, like just because you are anti-Stalinist or anti-fascist, like, um, doesn't mean you, like, doesn't mean you're necessarily anti-totalitarianism. He's basically seeing a lot of people on the left and the right who kind of, like, like authority figures or just love uh, being told what to do. And I think, like, well, what's interesting to me about um, Orwell is almost like, like there's one state where he could almost be arguing for anarchy, almost. Like, mm. the, le- the lack of any leadership structure. Um, this is a dangerous idea. This is a dangerous idea. Think about it. <laughs> you it's really dangerous. You don't tell me. I mean, I mean, don't tell me. <laughs> let me let me break it down. Let me break it down. Break it down now. Break it down. He's gonna break it down. Break it down. Yeah. Keep breaking down now. Well, I'm gonna break it down. George Orwell, writing this book in 1930s. Well, not 1937. End of the war. He's gonna break it down. He's telling people Stalinism, bad yeah. idea. Gold! Stalinism's all. Stalin's one of our allies at this point. He's one of our allies! Word. Wait. Hold on, hold on. Turn it off on my headphones a bit more. Okay. Oh, gold! <laughs> You've broken our bit! You've broken it up! I'm just saying that, like, I'm George Orwell. <laughs> George Orwell. George Orwell was. This is just a random course. <laughs> George Orwell wrote this book with the intent of decrying. Crying the crimes of Stalinist Russia in the time where Stalin was meant to be one of our allies. It got so bad that um, Animal Farm was initially rejected by Faber and Faber. And who was the editor at the time? Faber and Faber won the movie. Stalin. No. <laughs> Good guess though. It was T. S. Eliot. Mm-hmm. T. S. Eliot said this is not the time to be releasing this book because it, it's, it's way too inflammatory. If I can just bring up the quote. Um, Give me a few seconds whilst I load this. I think we can stop the music. <laughs> yeah, what is this machine? <laughs> Never has anybody struggled to turn something off. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Wait, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is all gonna have to be cut, I think. <laughs> yeah, please don't let this stay in. Wait, oh, there's a gun, there's all right, okay. Are you are you ending it? Are you ending it? Yeah, he's gonna end it. <laughs> okay, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the letter. That... Stop it now! <laughs> what the fuck is this machine? Okay. There right. we go. <laughs> so I want to say that this is a book that came out at a very dangerous time. These ideas are very dangerous. I want to read a letter, the rejection letter that um, um, George Orwell received from T.S. Eliot, of all people, um, when he submitted the book to uh, Faber and Faber. Um, hold on a second. T.S. Eliot, in his letters to George Orwell, wrote, 
Um, dear Orwell, I know that you wanted a quick decision about Animal Farm, but the minimum is two directors' opinions, and that can't be done under a week. But for the importance of speed, I should have asked the chairman to look at it as well. Say faster. But the other director is in agreement with me on the main points. We agree that it is a distinguished piece of writing, that the fable is very skillfully handled, and that the narrative keeps one's interest in its own plane. And that is something very few authors have achieved since Gulliver. He's comparing him to Jonathan Swift at this point. Well, that's a, that's a big chunk. It's a good, good one. On the other hand, we have no conviction, and I am sure none of the other directors would have, that this is the right point of view from which to criticise the political situation at the present time. It is certainly the duty of any publishing firm which pretends to other interests and motives than mere commercial prosperity to publish books which go against the current of the moment. But in each instance, that demands that at least one member of the firm should have the conviction that this is the thing that needs saying at the moment. I can't see any reason of prudence or caution to prevent anybody from publishing this book, if he believed in what it stands for. Now, I think my own dissatisfaction with this apologue is that this, the effect is simply one of negation. It ought to excite some sympathy with what the author wants, as well as sympathy with his objections to something. And the, and the point, positive point of view, which I take to be generally Trotskyite, is not convincing. I think we split your vote without getting any compensating stronger adhesions from either party, i.e. those who criticise Russian tendencies from the point of view of a purer communism and those who, from a very different point of view, are alarmed about the future of small nations. And after all, your pigs are far more intelligent than the other animals, and therefore the best qualified to run the farm. In fact, there couldn't have been an animal farm at all without them. So that, so that was what was needed, someone might argue, was not more communism, but more public-spirited pigs. I am mm. very sorry, because whoever publishes this will naturally have the opportunity of publishing your future work, and I have a regard for your work because it is a good writing of fundamental integrity. Miss Sheldon will be sending you the script under separate cover. Yours sincerely, T.S. Eliot. Now, do you think he was on the money there? I think he was at all. What do you take exception to in his critique of Animal Farm? Well, I don't think the pigs were cleverer than everyone else. They just talk longer. They Well, they talked, yeah. They talked, first mm. of all. I think the cleverest people were the, uh, the crows. Why are the crows so intelligent? Because <laughs> they know how to use tools. Mm. That's, That's true. true. That's true. I, I like the mm. crows are particularly good with the circulars. Mm. Who did the crows represent in Animal the Farm? The crows represented the... The, uh, I don't know, the crow. He <laughs> represented somebody, the clever people. New Labour, like momentum. momentum. It seems like crows are really, like, resonating with you. Yeah, they do, they resonate with me a lot. Maybe that has something to do with your name. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe my name is be like... Jim Crow. <laughs> <laughs> are you responsible for those laws? No, I don't believe so, but I don't remember. Okay, well. Wait, wait let's, let, let's check. Let's see if we call you Jim if you respond. Yeah. Jim! Jim! I don't think I do respond. <laughs> Mr. Crow? Oh, respond to that! Oh, oh! They call him Mr. Crow. Mr. Crow, the gold gold person. I'm glad we car, find car. <laughs> car! I don't crow. think I have a crow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it doesn't mean you are. It was good yeah. to check. Oh, yeah, it, was, right, right. Yeah, it was good to check. Stranger things have happened. Like um, Stranger Things, the the, 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 the movie. TV series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, spooky! 
<laughs> well, let's move on from yeah, that. Okay? Uh, I'm glad we found your name. Your surname. Your surname. Mr. Crow. It's still a mystery. It's still a mystery, but I think we'll work with Mr. Crow. Mr. Crow, who has pointed out the existence of crows in Animal Farm, doesn't agree with T.S. Eliot's reading that the pigs are the smartest animals in the farm. Mm. What about you, Harren? You seem to be. What about you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Harren? Like, what, uh, you seem to be like like rolling your eyes dismissively every time. Like, yeah. And no, I think I mean, T. S. Eliot stands for Thatcher, Stalin, Eliot, and uh, really Thatcher and Stalin. Yeah. So really, he's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got quite the... palatable views, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no milk in here, is there? In the, in this um, book? Milk. They milk the cows. They do milk. Oh, the they cows. milk the cows. Yeah, yeah but then. Tadger steals it in the book. Uh, and Stalin gives it back. <laughs> so, zero sum game. Stalin's. Thatcher steals men when Stalin yeah. fires a hose of milk. So, so, what you're saying is that T.S. Eliot, and his name is Thatcher Stalin Eliot, read this book and he was saying, there's a character here called Thatcher, and there's a character called Stalin. Is he trying to tell me something? You know what? Your book sucks. Exactly. Your book sucks. No, but he, um, you were talking about the censorship. Uh, George Orwell was going to put a bit about censorship at the start. Well, T.S. Eliot has essentially made his point there for it, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a good book, oh, but it doesn't kind of corral with my views properly, therefore I'm not going to publish it, I think. I mean... I, so not, first I George Orwell think... and then Milo Yiannopoulos okay. basically <laughs> okay alright calm down so yeah calm that's down. true yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos is there the point was that it wasn't that he was arguing that it didn't tally with his own personal political beliefs he's saying that it's not expedient to publish this book now yeah. and I think what suggested is because like Stalin is a good friend of Britain right now we're allies yeah. you've written a book which is kind of like slamming and dragging Stalin um Maybe that's not the sort of thing Faber and Faber want to promote at this time. Um, he's not even arguing that's necessarily a bad book. He's just saying that the message you, you're expressing is possibly but dangerous. Do you not think that's a, that's a kind of slippery slope? If, if we're in like a, um, yeah, for instance, we're allies with America kind of thing. Yeah. We're allies with Saudi Arabia. Also, yeah. Saudi, yeah, so if I wrote a book saying, you know, the Saudi arms um, dealership is bad and causing death in Yemen is very bad yeah 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 oh, no, but, oh, no, so bad. but no but we can't write that now because mm, mm. Yeah, we, it might because it might piss them off yeah, exactly yeah and they might withdraw their oil yeah and where would we be then exactly yeah so, yeah. so you kind of made my point for me it's Pardon? a bad idea no no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying it's a, it's a good idea it's a good idea to not but, have oil no I'm them. saying you should uh, to piss them off if, if a point should be made morally then it doesn't really matter about yeah, all these kind the of content. so you yeah, think you think you should piss them off for moral reasons? Yeah, definitely. and thus plunge us into a recession. Mm. Yeah, I don't think oil is of much importance anyway. Yeah, really, it's gold that's important. <laughs> that's black. I keep on saying. It's true. That's it, that's why we have gold standard, not an oil mm. standard. But we do. Well, we have I'm standard, standard oil. oil. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's it. I hate standard yeah. oil. Damn them! Damn them! You make a very good point mm. about um, like not wanting uh, of, of being of being. Um, Beholden to higher morality, I guess. Yeah. Right? But what if, now bear with me. This yeah. Is yeah. What if they want you to write something that pisses them off? So it gives them the excuse to say, well, you pissed us off, so we're going to take the oil away. And they're doing reverse psychology. What about them? That's true. Mm. You didn't Turns out yeah. that Saudi Arabia wanted you to write this book in which you portray them as like venal animals on a farm. Yeah. And that was part of their plan the whole time. That's, yeah, that's really. What happens weird. then? Uh, then you write. Uh, then you write a sequel. 
mm-hmm. um, saying that they're all really good. So like, um, so, yeah. yeah, so you, you, revert, you play them at their own game. So how so, does the story go? So, so like, yeah, the pigs. Sequel, you pick up immediately after, like, they're pigs. Yeah. Faces turn from man to human, yeah. Yeah. human to man. And then, next book? Uh, yeah, um, they're, they're pigs. Um, they buy um, a, they buy a farm. Yeah, they've been uh, passing the pig baton back and forth. Yeah, through yeah, anuses. through the anuses. Yeah. And then they preach just, you know, free carnal love. And, uh, yeah, they, they live in the commune and it's a kind of nice utopia and all really happy. Um, every time there's a person comes, they go, oh, they show their anus and present themselves for carnal pleasure. Right, and the, and the, and the king of Saudi Arabia reads it, like, damn it! Damn it, they, they, they saw through my plan. Now they, they made us look really nice. Exactly, So yeah. I'm going to keep giving them oil. Exactly, essentially, yeah. yeah. Damn but, it, yeah. I'm going to have to keep accepting their money for our oil. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's a really clever plan. I think, oh, thank you. What are you going to call this book? Uh, I would call it um, uh, Animal Farm 2. <laughs> <laughs> but the 2 would be 2-O-O-T-O-O. <laughs> It's not that a sequel, it's just it's also Animal, animal Farm. Animal Farm also, yeah. Um, that's, that's a... <laughs> Makes sense. All right. I, or I, I, Animal Farm. I think that's a note. I think he did a note. He did do a note. Oh, Are sorry, we going to move into notes? No, no, but, no, but as in, yeah. So, but, I mean, politically, that's... That's expedient. That's yeah, a, expedient. That's a smart yeah. move to make. Like, you you want you don't want so much bite the hand that feeds you. Sort of lick it. Just feed the yeah. hand that bites yeah. you. You don't want to bite it, just lick it a bit. Because, <laughs> like, then... then, then then they'll be like, a, oh, why do you lick my hand? Because I like you. And they'll be like, and they won't, they won't know what to do. So like, they'll be like, going like, okay, I guess I'll keep giving you oil, I guess, for the money. Yes, yeah, yeah, the, please. Uh, that's the power of dogs. They lick your hand if you let them smell exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. I'll show those Saudi Arabians. Uh, I'm saying like, don't bite the hand that feeds, lick the hand that feeds. Yeah, fair don't enough. forget to say no homo afterwards though, because they're very homophobic. They, they are. They, are they insist on it. It's in the statue. You've written a book about the Saudi Arabian government? Yes. <laughs> no homo. <laughs> yeah. Then they showed the film Call Me By Your Name in Saudi Arabia. Rather than Finn at the end, it just said no homo. <laughs> And they were like, this is a great film, I love it! <laughs> okay, well, all, all good points. I think, like, Haran's got, got, got some really good ideas, but I think we've all got good ideas, don't we? We're all, we're all smart, we're all really clever people. Let's, let's, I want to hear those good ideas. Let's get those ideas out of your heads. In the section we call notes. It's gotten longer. You made it even longer. <laughs> see what you, see Where what was the song at the beginning today, by the way? He uh, did it, we just don't remember what it was. Yeah, that was another song, yeah, yeah. It, it completely phased out. It was very quick, it was very quick. But this gives you enough time to think about what your notes are. That's all I need, I yeah. only need... You think, you got it? You got it in your head? 37 Your mind's eye. In your mind's eye. Step into the light, slowly, and give me your notes, Mr. Crow. Oh, <laughs> I believe the my notes. I think you know what my notes would be. Related to gold. Okay. I think they didn't anticipate the kind of the gold standard. Well, no, they didn't. In fact, there's barely any mentions of gold. <laughs> there should be some mention farm. of it. I mean, it's an animal farm. It's not a gold animal farm. Animal farm, that's right. true. That's true. I think they should have had Goldilocks in it. And three bears. Okay. Right. Another allegory. Another fairy story. Have been... Female bears. She could have been she bears. Were, they, were there any kids in the area taunting a bold person 
No. No. But they were no. taunting a gold person. A gold person. <laughs> a Goldilocks person. Yeah, proper like, go up on the hill, gold head. Uh, yeah. Go on up. And then Goldilocks got down on these I know it's gold. not a very good note. <laughs> I'll be honest. But I, I believe, I believe I it like would have been this. a better book if there'd be more gold involved and less bloody animals. Well, I, um, mm. my, my, my note's really in a similar sort of line because I think Christian the cat needed more to do. Right. I mean, they put so much money into into the design of that hat that he was wearing. Now to get it to stay on the cat's head using like gyroscopes. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible that, that 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 the book had a whole passage about the fact that like they were struggling to keep this hat on the cat that he'd like written about. And then they they had all these like pattern drawings of like how to of like all the gyroscopes and how they'd all work to balance it was very well done and very subtle though the way yeah. that like they said that like, Christian the cat walks into the room and there's a footnote above Christian the cat and George also like you will not believe the effort I had to go to to get a hat on the cat I, I mean I don't mention it in the book at all but I just want to put right now like the cat has a hat on its head and it was a nightmare to get the yeah. cat to call. They actually had to get Tony Stark to design the hat for him. Exactly. And he writes about this in the footnote, which basically takes over the rest of the book. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I thought that was was a good bit. But they should have they should have got more out of it. I think, like, the cat... I mean, why is he just wearing a hat? Why isn't he also wearing, like, a jacket? Yes, The cat should also wear a jacket. And a pair of pants. A pair of pants. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, no, I think... Like, okay, uh, what else? Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs! Cat should be wearing boxer briefs. And then maybe a, a dinner jacket. What sort of hat was it again? It was like It was a, a Pope hat. It was a Pope hat, that's right, that's <laughs> right. Because he was symbolising the Christianity of it. He was uh, Christianity. And it was very subtle. You see the way they did that. They what? called him Christian. Yeah. And they gave him a Pope hat. Exactly. So he symbolised Christianity. Exactly, exactly. Just in case we, we missed it. But what would you have given to And they got do? crucified at the end. <laughs> Yes, because that's what you, that's what happens to all the popes. <laughs> all the popes. That's how they die. That's how they die. It's like when then they have to vote for a new pope after they crucify the old pope. Yeah, and then the smoke goes up. So we got a new pope now. When um, it, when it gets out, the pope's a pedophile. He gets crucified. I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah. But he well, was I think like, that's fair. It's a fair, fair. It's cop, a fair. Yeah. It's a fair cop. But it's society a fair cop. is to blame. Society is to blame. Um, what look, what would you have this this role for? Christian the cat. Well, I think the Christian the cat's going to be talking about sort of objective morals, because the Catholic Church has always been sort of the gold standard. Forgive the reference. Morality. I mean, there's no more moral institution in the world than Christianity, as wow. my dad says. Wow. Okay. Your Jewish dad. My so. Jewish dad. <laughs> so you, this this. Sounds a lot like my homeschooling days, um, where like I was you, you taught myself. Yeah, yeah, where I where I basically gave myself a little bit of extra learning on the side. Um, but that's an interesting point because you've turned the book from a um, political allegory to being a religious allegory. Now. Well, I think it's about how I think it's sort of absence of the way that religion could play into these things. Right. Um, I think I think just think Christian the cat. People like cats. Yeah. Or some people like cats. And at the end, it just ends with Christian cat being crucified. Yeah. On a broom. Still wearing his Pope hat. Well, when are you not... Well, like, so much effort went into that Pope hat, it'd be a shame to not use it in the final scene. It's true, it's true. Um, Tony Stark designed it. Well, that's the thing. Was Tony Stark there watching the cat being crucified and going, hmm. <laughs> just Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is there. Just got As that. a mouse. <laughs> watching the cat being crucified. Watching the cat being crucified and going, yeah, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> he deserved it. He did deserve it. How do you crucify a cat? Because their arms good. go naturally forwards and they don't go sideways. Yeah, well, yeah, that's good. the thing. Is that slightly it's rhythm. for the pigs to work out. It's true. It's, like, it's, it's, out. it's a reference to every scene of like the, the depiction of the crucifixion, which is basically the, the figure of Christ crucified and one guy in the crowd go, mm, fair. <laughs> fair enough. I'm glad the Barabbas didn't get crucified. That's what I would have said. <laughs> Just that one guy, so one guy, yeah. Yeah. shrugging, shrugging at the I guess, crucifixion. I I'd want to be that guy, the guy who's just shrugging at the crucifixion. And there's a mouse. From me. Don't forget his mouse. A lot of people didn't even go to the crucifixion. No, they all stayed at home. They were like, um, stayed at home. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate form of shrugging, really. Yeah, it's staying like, at home. Just just like if they were going to crucify, who's a modern Jesus figure? Jamie Corbyn. No, no, don't be ridiculous. His initials, his initials are the same, though. Jason. They are, but they also put to be a Jesus. Okay, okay. I reckon if they were to crucify Jesse J, for example, <laughs> would, you, would you go and watch or would you stay at home? I would, I would, I would be there just so I could turn to the camera yeah. and go, mm, <laughs> fair enough. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you gonna do? Uh, well, today, <laughs> well, didn't it? Shrug, yeah. Well, I think. Well, I think that's it. Christian the cat crucified at the end. Rob Downey Jr. has a mouth, shrugging, Shrug, shrugging, <laughs> shrugging to the narrator, going, well, "What are you gonna do, huh?" And uh, and also more gold. More well, obviously, gold, if the cat's yeah. involved, gold, this Catholic yeah. church is gonna be a lot more gold. I think. Mm, I, more think gold. I think. I think you agree yeah. on that. Christian the cat being crucified on a pile of gold. <laughs> a gold. So it's basically a, a gold broom. It's a crucifixion scene with a gold broom, a crucified cat, with a pope hat, on a pile of gold. And still, Robert Downey Jr. is turning his room, <laughs> shrugging at this pile of gold with a cat being crucified on top of it. Because that's how little like, it affects him. It's, it's just like, I see that all the time, mate. What are you trying to do? That's not impressive. That's he not sees impressive. it when he closes his eyes. Yeah, exactly. In his dreams. <laughs> In his dreams. Robert Mousy Jr. dreams. That's a good note. I like that. Um, Harren, do you have anything to add? I feel like we've... It's been very collaborative, the notes today. I like yeah, that. Really keep the um, spirit of collaboration. Uh, I, I would add other animals uh, to, the, to, the, to the farm. Uh, I would have like a kind of communist fish that um, acts as a literary device to deliberately mislead the audience. And uh, <laughs> he would be a red herring. <laughs> Right, right. I, so, what would you be misleading the audience with, though? Uh, he would just say that, like, um, uh, I can't believe it's not butter, it's actually um, butter. Okay. Comrade. Comrade. I don't Diet, diet, Pepsi and Coke are the same thing, comrade. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also have Tom Cruise in it as well. Oh. He would he be, be playing. He would be a kind of hotshot lawyer. Um, from Harvard and he would call it Animal Firm I would call the book Animal does that make sense? no it <laughs> and then he would say show me the money and then a different film, it, would fly, yeah. it would drive off in a plane <laughs> and then I have sex yeah, in a NASCAR yeah I think that's a bit far-fetched I don't think you can really get oh wait you have a Christian cat being crucified no. but you wouldn't have it's a scientologist can we, can we also have Tom Cruise I don't think you can have Tom Cruise wait, wait, and wait. Robert Downey you can but they both have to be shrugging at the crucifixion Tom Cruise both, doesn't know Tom Cruise has to be turned around and go hmm? yeah but how are you gonna okay look so you've got two huge egos on set right yeah, there yeah, yeah. in this book Mm. Yes. So how are you gonna how are you gonna decide who gets to shrug first? They shrug simultaneously. Mm. Yeah, but how are you gonna just... so to see this on three? 
Who stands in front? They both stand on a parallel line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a singular line. It wouldn't be parallel. What am yeah, I? Yeah, but Downey Jr. is taller than Cruz. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So Cruz would be on a little step. Uh, this is getting complicated now. It's getting complicated. They're all yeah. within the anus of a cat. <laughs> Again, this is not something we were better before. You're, I feel like you're, um, you're adding too much. You're overloading the metaphor now of uh, having Robert Downey Jr. shrug at the crucifixion of a cat. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm sorry. But yes, no. Um, other than that, though, yeah. Aaron, that was a pretty, pretty decent note. Oh, thank you, James. Um, look, I, we've gone to notes even before I've asked you your opinion of the book. Um, I just want to sum up, I guess, like, we, it's all agreed, right? This is a fucking amazing book. It's a fantastic book. Isn't this one of the best books we've ever done on this show? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's the best book I've ever done on this show. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the conversation, and it's just such a deep book. Um, I've, this is, like, the 500th time I've read this book. Right, um, it, it's it it gets way less predictable each time I've read it. Um, That's good. I just don't know. Mm. I, even though it's a five hundred time picked it up, I just don't know where it's going to go mm. until the very end. And it turns out it's like ah, oh, don't let animals. Have their own farm. along. Well, no, no. There's a moral of the story is that don't let animals have their own farm. Mm. That's farm, true. They shouldn't have their own farm. They're not good at. It should be a, more like manimal farm, mm. right? yeah. named after the. Uh, Short like the TV Ricky series, Manimal. <laughs> Ricky Gervais' children's book. <laughs> yeah. Animal Farm, man. yes. Yeah. That was Animal Farm. I uh, misremember. Yeah, yeah. Um, my good friend Ricky Gervais. He's not my friend. <laughs> I have to see this stand-up. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're all agreed then. We love this book. Is it a, is it a unanimous decision? Yeah. yeah. In that case, oh, it's been a long time since we had this. Well done, George. Well deserved. Is this Serge Gainsborough? Oh, no, Serge Pistache. Oh, he's good. I like him. He is. What a voice. Um, Georgia Well, I love you. I love Animal Farm. You'll be in my heart always. It's been an honour to read this book. And it's been what a great time I've had with all my friends. And we found your name. Well, half your name. You reckon maybe, be... maybe if we ever meet again, we'll find out your first name. Mm. Do you know? I'm I've pretty heard that, sure like, it's um, Jim. I've heard that. Like, um, did you sustain some blunt force trauma to the head, Mister Crow, that caused you to forget your name? Ah, well, perhaps. I've, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Do you think it might help if we just conked your noggin just a little bit, just the right amount, and it might jog your memory? Okay. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Stand still. Yeah, no, I wanted to do it the right amount. Is it coming back? It's coming back, come on back a little bit. Okay, okay, I think it's helping, alright? Try again. Oh, I'm dead now. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> oh my god, alright, guys. Oh, it's blood everywhere, Guys, Jim. guys, 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 so we cannot Jim. talk, you cannot talk, tell anybody about this, okay? He slipped, okay? Everybody, tell me your story. What, what did he do? He ordered a pizza, <laughs> and then... When the pizza came to the door, the pizza man was like, Whoa, hey, how's it going, man? And then and he was like, I'm, I'm here for my, is that my pizza? And then and then you ran out behind him and then said, Hey buddy And then he was like, hey, Would you like some pizza? I got a pizza And then the pizza froze into a disc of ice. And then, after the, the, the pizza slices were really sharp, 
and then you tried to bite it, and it cut your your face like the Joker. So you had like the Joker, like, and then you were like, "Let's put a smile on this face." And then the pizza man was like, well, "Why am I still here? Give me the money for the pizza." And then he was like, "I'm not giving you that pizza. Oh, give me the pizza." And then uh, you put him in a cave. <laughs> So we're all agreed. That's a story we tell the police. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got nothing to plug. Um, uh, I will just say that it's been an absolute pleasure having you all reading my favourite book of all time. Um, hopefully, uh, and I'm sure Mr. Crow would agree with me if he weren't um, uh, dead. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I think he's alive. Yes, it's me. I'm alive still. I didn't die. I'm still alive. Oh, we're good friends, aren't we? Yes, we're good friends. We're one of the best friends ever. Well, anyway... No need for any investigation. He's clearly alive. Why are you playing with a dead corpse, Jen? Stop the dead corpse. It's a live body. I'm just <laughs> feeling up his alive body and operating it with my hands. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>